The following podcast is brought to you by Love Chatham, providing help for the homeless and hungry in the name of Jesus for those in and around Chatham County, North Carolina at chathamhomeless.org. All right, it's day 30 of Summer in the Psalms on Amen, Brother Ben. We're going to be reading Psalm 93 through 95. Well, I say we, you, I mean, I am too, but we're not going to read all three of those Psalms together. And in fact, I gotta be honest here. I may have made a typo in our booklets. If I, not everybody I know has the booklets, but uh, by the way, if you want a summer in the Psalms um, kind of workbook notebook, um, just shoot me an email, pastor Ben at lovesiler.com and we will send you one or drop one off if you're close by. Um, it's how I keep up with what I'm supposed to read and keep up with sermon notes and stuff like that. And then it's got some links to some really sweet resources about Psalms that help you understand uh, this book or set of books as a whole. Um, but as I've been going along, I realized uh, in my reading plan, I skipped Psalm 93. <gasps> Does that mean the bit has a secret? He's, he's changing the Bible. Someone tell someone on YouTube so they can make a video about it. No. Uh, it was an accident. Sorry about that. I, I really like Psalm 93. It's, it's great. In fact, <clears throat> I'm going to read it just in case you didn't. So for those of you that are following along and may have not even realized you skipped Psalm 93, we're going to take a look at that for the podcast today. And um, it's very interesting. It's not a really long Psalm, but it does one thing that I think we talked a little bit about before, but I think it's something we don't do enough of, which is just take some time to acknowledge who God is. We always want to talk about what God does, what he does for us, right? We always want to take, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I need a sermon that, that tells me what to do next. And I get that. You want to be, God's word is very practical, very helpful. It's very relevant. And, and it should be applied to your life. But sometimes we end up going overboard with that mentality and we we take God's word and who God is and we turn it into a product. We turn it into a use instead of letting God be God and just thinking about the implications of him being who he is and not having to have a necessarily an action step, but that we just sort of get in his presence, worship who he is and enjoy being around him. Um, cause there's going to be a lot of that in heaven. Now we're not gonna be sitting around on harps with halos and just, you know, I, from what I can understand of scripture, we're going to have stuff to do in heaven, but most of it's going to be worship. And so Psalm 93 is just, is just kind of a worship full Psalm. Let me read it to you and we'll stop every few verses and talk about it. It says, uh, verse one, the Lord is King. He is robed in majesty. Indeed, the Lord is robed in majesty and armed with strength. The world stands firm. The world, yeah, the world stands firm and cannot be shaken. What God has established, basically, is what verse one is saying, um, is, is on a firm foundation. And God, it, we're, this is kind of a physical description, right? He's robed in majesty. That means who he is is dressed, and and, and he to. To look at somebody, like a robe on a king was meant to make you respect them, right? To, to look profound. And I know that can be shallow and, and uh, vain in, in a human sense, 
But God is deserving of that respect, of that majesty. It's like when you step into and you call something majestic, it's just kind of like, wow. You stop and you go, I need to take this seriously. Um, he's robed in majesty. He's everything he is. And, and every angle that you see God from, if you're seeing God correctly, is majestic. It's worth respect and awe. And, and, and then it says, and it's armed with strength. That means God is not just a, a facade, that that majesty and, and who he is is not just like, oh, he looks nice, but you know he, he can't do nothing. He's armed with strength. Verse two says, your throne, O Lord, has stood from time immemorial. That means it's really old. He's always been king. This is not a new thing. You yourself are from the everlasting past. The floods have risen up, O Lord. The floods have roared like thunder. The floods have lifted their pounding waves. But mightier than the violent raging of the seas, mightier than the breakers on the shore, the Lord above is mightier than these. So some of the most powerful things that we can experience in this life and in this world, like a raging storm, God is, is more powerful than those. He, that, that is child's play for him. And it says, verse five, your royal laws cannot be changed. Your reign, O Lord, is holy forever and ever. You know, these last verses really stick out to me because we try to change God all the time. It's amazing. If you, if you have a perspective of history, especially some of you <clears throat> older folks uh, who have seen things, right? I'm sure you, are, you roll your eyes at some of the way that the younger folks act because we act like what we're dealing with is totally new. And, you know, I've, I've got some friends uh, and family members that, I was just talking with some of the other ones about them. And that sounds bad, but you know what I mean? Like we're asking how they were and stuff. And one of the things that they've been making some decisions because they feel like they're smarter than everyone, right? And and all this wisdom that people have been trying to give them, they're like, hey, you don't know what you're talking about. And we do that with God all the time, where we read in God's word, we understand what he asks of us, what he advises us, and yet we go, eh, yeah, God, you've been around a while, but I think I've got this thing figured out. What arrogance is it that we, again, I, I remember one of the first times I argued about the Bible. It wasn't an argument because the, the girl was my friend, one of my girlfriend, but it was a, a friend of mine. And we were talking about God's word and we're talking about specific hot button issues, even back in 2001, I think, or ish. Sometimes in high school, I remember that. So 99 to 03. And, um, she said, I don't like that part of the Bible, so I don't believe it. And I was like, even then, not being a pastor for, or a youth pastor or even really knowing my Bible like I could have, I was like, you can't do that. You can't just edit the Bible. You can't just Thomas Jefferson that piece and rip out the pages that make you uncomfortable. How arrogant is it that we want to change God's laws? We want to take what God has clearly told us and try to do some some gymnastics of the mind, some, some mental and logical gymnastics to try to make what God says fit what we want. That is the height of hubris. That is the height of arrogance. We need to humble ourselves for the fact that God has been here a while and he knows what he's talking about. 
and his royal laws cannot be changed. If it was good back then, it's good right now. And yes, I get it. People have misinterpreted. People have taken God's laws and built other ones off of it that aren't just. But if you go back to what God said, if you go back to his laws, they cannot be changed. They're good. And your, it says, your reign, O Lord, is holy forever and ever, meaning it's set apart, it's perfect, and it's it's good forever. And so when we read Psalm 93, I hope it humbles you like it humbles me. I hope it helps me to realize that if what I believe and think goes in opposition to what God believes and thinks, he should win, right? It sounds simple. And, and I don't think anybody in, in here listening would think that or would, would freely admit that they think they know more than God. But when you choose your own logic, when you choose to sin and embrace things that are counter to the laws of God, that's what you're doing. You're saying, I know better than God. So come to grips with your arrogance, even if it's subtle, even if it's subconscious, identify it, crucify it. And ask for forgiveness. Take that conviction, turn it into repentance. It, it's come on. It's easy. Well, it's not easy. It's simple though. And I hope that you do that. Um, back with more tomorrow. Amen, brother Ben. Continuing on with summer in the Psalms. Sorry, I didn't really know how to land that one, man. I was God was taking me on a journey there, and He was hitting me right in the right in the mouth. So I want to go do some repenting. I'm going to go do some examining of my own heart. I hope you do the same. We'll see you soon.